I'm Talib Vizram, and this is World Changing Ideas from Fast Company Magazine, where we investigate how leading innovators are solving our most challenging issues. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Innovators Inspiration. This is where we go behind the scenes of the world changing ideas we cover and really dive into what motivated our guests to come up with their ideas. Joining me again is our producer, Avery Miles. Hi, Avery. Hey, Talib. So what have we got today? So today we're going to look at child malnutrition. It's estimated that over 230 million children worldwide suffer from some kind of malnutrition. This includes stunting, wasting, or becoming overweight. Wow, so how do we tackle that? Well, there are certainly several ways to go about addressing it, but one way we found out about recently is to use video games that allow players to buy meals for children suffering from malnutrition. Incredible. Yes. And here's Hive co-founder and CEO Jennifer Willig to tell us more about what inspired her to take on malnutrition. So Jen, there are no wrong answers, obviously, in, in the bonus round. What is the most innovative idea that you've seen, read, or heard about lately? Well, I mean, I have to say, I think Lifepack is pretty innovative. I hate to toot our own horn here, but I will. I, I think that, you know, the size and scale of the video game industry, as I said during the, it, you know, it really can change the face of the issue. The way that the industry so far has embraced at least the first conversations and the way it's resonating with gamers, as we've seen and in two very different games from SpongeBob Krusty Cookoff to, you know, a first person shooter game like PUBG is really exciting. So I think there's an opportunity. You know, I, I talk about gaming as a young person, you know, young people playing it. But gaming is generation. It, it spans all generations. So I think we have a huge, huge opportunity to really reach a lot of people. So I'll say that I think Lifepack is one of the most innovative things that I've seen in the, the recent months. I like what you did there. That was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> was there a kind of light bulb moment when kind of coming up with the life pack idea? Do you kind of remember that kind of eureka moment? I do because we were, you know, the the goal of this as we've been working with uh, the Eleanor Crick Foundation for, you know, like the two years. And, you know, they are an incredible, they're doing incredible work to scale solutions. They focus on policy, research, advocacy and grant making. And we were really looking at ways that we could supplement the funding and the work that they're doing. I think when we saw that, you know, poverty and hunger were two of the main issues that young people were getting behind, that really was like a, a big light bulb moment for us because issues around malnutrition aren't really a young person, you know, malnutrition isn't really, hunger and malnutrition are quite different. And so being able to reach a new audience that has an inbuilt kind of acute sense of justice um, that is competitive in nature and that we, you know, came up with something that we wanted to, we didn't want to drag them to us. We wanted to go to where they were and it really resonated. So that was kind of a, a light bulb moment is when we found that they were interested and open to this issue. At Hive, we focus on looking at different and new ways of being able to make progress on issues that we have been living with for quite a while. So issues like child marriage, poverty and preventable disease, 
as I said, you know, we do work on COVID uh, pandemic response, but we have extensive experience in HIV. A few of us, myself included, were part of building the Red Brand, uh, raising money for AIDS in Africa that was started by Bono and Bobby Shriver. And so it's looking at those kinds of models where we've seen these kind of culturally relevant brands that are charitable in nature, working with the private sector. Not only are we looking at building kind of new sustainable funding models, but also raising awareness, which is equally as important and powerful um, on these issues, you know, getting them top of mind, getting them in the headlines, getting them in front of policymakers. Um, so we kind of use that mentality when we look at any of the issues that we work on. We, we created another funding model a couple of years ago called Vow to End Child Marriage, which taps into the wedding industry to raise money to end child marriage. Uh, we incubated it for about three years, um, and this is its first year. It's on its own. It's a 501c3, and uh, this week happens to be International Day of the Girl on October 11th, and their campaign is out there and growing. And to see the kind of the opportunity to get an industry involved, to get unique brands around it, and really create another funding model um, or another funding flow that otherwise didn't exist is really exciting and something that we take quite seriously when we look at some of the issues that we're working on. What if you had kind of an unlimited budget? I mean, what would you kind of, in the ideal world, what would you like to build or kind of help solve? It's, it's so interesting. I mean, it's it's so hard to say that because I think we've done such incredible work with the very small budgets that we have. I mean, with I think with more money, it is really about more awareness. I don't think our campaigns would be bigger or, you know, they're pretty big now. We've got some amazing things that are happening. I'd like to see them pushed in front of people more. I think reach is always the biggest challenge. I was just reading something the other day. You know, the average person, and don't quote me on this, but is served 10,000 messages in a day, between six and 10,000 messages in a day. For work that we do in companies like ours and the clients that we have, we don't have the big media budgets. And so being able to break through 10,000 messages that are served up in a day and make sure that people remember and kind of cut through and act that's where I think if I had more money, it would be just to push the messages out more uh, to get in front of more people more often. And finally, Jen, you know, going from the future, you know, back into the past, what's a historical invention or idea that, that you really admire? Okay, now this is just going to sound like it's all about me, but I actually think the red model was a pretty amazing new innovation around creating a sustainable flow of funding on an issue that one, people were very afraid of, and two, felt very far away. And I think that it, it was, it's an incredible example of being able to make people care about it, um, be able to have a little fun and create, you know, the, the I, I can say that I was the CMO, uh, first the CMO at Red and then the CEO. And, you know, this was not about dying of AIDS. It was about living with HIV. And so the tone of that really set the example of the kind of work we could do with Red where you could have hope and enthusiasm and urgency and all of those things without really focusing on living, you know, that AIDS is a preventable and treatable disease, which is something that people weren't talking about. So I, I actually think what Bono's idea around RED was probably set the stage for a lot of work that is now doing some incredible work, not, not just what we're doing, but, you know, everyone else who is creating new funding models. 
Great. Well, Jen, thank you again for joining us. I I really appreciate it. Thank you. I like the lightning round, but I feel like I made it all about me. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Like I said, there's no wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to World Changing Ideas wherever you listen. If you like this episode, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. World Changing Ideas is produced by Avery Miles.